Welcome to The Sword and the Trial, a podcast of Founders Ministries. Founders Ministries exists for the recovery of the gospel and the reformation of churches. I'm Jerry Longshore. I'm Tom Askell. Thanks for listening to The Sword and the Trial today. A big thanks to our fam members. If you're not a part of the fam, well... You ought to be. You should be. Yeah, it's, you're missing out. It's great stuff. Uh, Founders Alliance membership you can come in at three different levels, and uh, you get a number of things. But one of the things you get is access to the Armory, where we are continually uploading content. We've got some of that by what standard footage that didn't make it into the film in yeah. there. Uh, we've got a number of other teaching resources in there. So you, hope you're enjoying that. You know what I just heard? Hannah just confirmed that while we're getting set up and just kind of talking back and forth and maybe bantering some, she's been recording all that. That's not good. I know. Some it's of those a, things should not be on camera. We probably need to put filters on the armory, just in case. So nothing goes in the armory until we see it first from, from that type of footage. But hey, if you like the show, if you like what we're talking about today, would you share this and just pass it around, let others know about it as well, and uh, subscribe. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast and any of the platforms you use or YouTube, uh, that helps us as well get more traction and uh, call attention to what we're doing here. We're trying to talk about relevant things from biblical perspectives, uh, bringing the Word of God and the theology of that Word to bear on all of life. The Wield the Sword project is in full swing. We have uh, some content for that. It's, some of it's in post-production. Uh, you can go to founders.org and read up on that project. Just click on Wield the Sword there and you'll see we are trying to raise funds for that. So we're hoping yeah. to do 15 episodes. Uh, but we have a few that we're going to be coming out uh, shortly. We don't know exactly when, yeah. but um, very excited about that. So thank you for your prayers and encouragement and support for that project. Today, we want to talk about um, what's going on in our land, particularly we're going to try to drive down on this danger of autonomy or uh, this, this spirit of the age that is untethered from uh, creatureliness, um, just an attempt to say that my choice is ultimate, and that concerns really anything that I want to do in life. And we see this, especially with the, you know, my body, my choice movement with abortion. We see it in the uh, homosexual movement. I can choose whatever gender I want to be. And this is something that Christians don't only look at over there and point the finger and say, see, you're wanting to live this way. We know what it's like to want to go our own way. Yeah. Uh, we all like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to our own way. And, uh, but the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. So for Christians, what happens is when we receive grace from God, uh, we know how to live as the creatures that we are. We know how to live as created beings with limitations, acknowledging that we are not God. Uh, we are not omniscient. We are not omnipresent. And God has made it in the world where we are either uh, male or female. And we embrace that and try our best to um, be what God has made us to be in the world. So we see this. Uh, we want to get started into this conversation by considering the recent Supreme Court decision, the opinion that Neil Gorsuch wrote. Uh, was it Bostock? Versus some county in Georgia, I think. Yes. Yeah, so. Do you want to set this up? Do you want me to set this up? Well, um, yeah, let me just kind of underscore what you just said, though. You know, we see this tendency in all fallen human creatures. You see it in your children. You know, you're not the boss of me. And they don't like restraint. They don't like limitations. And that's why God's given them parents so that we can teach them that they are to be restrained. They do have limitations because they're not God. Mm -hmm. And they need to live in the way that God's created to live. And what's going on today with this, this sense of autonomy is I got to be true to myself. And so I have this inclination over here that tells me, you know, though I was born a man, I'm really a woman. Or though uh, I am uh, an employee over here, I really ought to be an employer. And though I make 
$15 an hour. I really ought to make $100 an hour, whatever. And so to be true to myself, I've got to pursue things that are beyond what God's prescribed for me. Now, some of those things you can shoot for. They can be goals. But you can't have as a goal to go from being a man to being a woman mm-hmm. because God has created you the way that you are. And God is indeed the boss of you. Mm-hmm. And so this, this Supreme Court decision highlights just how far this rebellious spirit against God, the rejection of creatureliness right. against the creator has gone. It's, it is a, an illustration of what Paul writes in Romans chapter one, where we have inverted God's good creation and we worship the creature rather than the creator. Right. And, and, and it's lunacy. So people, people are losing their minds. And I want Christians to be able to see this going on and everything from, you can start to see it in the world. So you can see it with the Supreme Court decision with Neil Gorsuch. I mean, this is a losing of one's mind yeah. that when he writes this. And, and the same thing's going on with the rioting in the streets. It's the same kind of idea. Same thing's going on with the transgenderism stuff that's going on today. Um, and I was recently preaching through First Samuel and noticed this with Saul. Saul had the same problem. He did not want to live before the face of God. He did not want to be one who was who, the king who was supposed to meditate on the law of God. And so he keeps he keeps trying to live autonomously from, apart from God, apart from his law, and he loses his mind. He keeps doing crazy stuff. God ends up having him prostrate on the ground, prophesying in one scene. And, and another time, the very son, Jonathan, that he wants to be king, he tries to pin to the wall with a spear. And you're saying, why? You, why you, it doesn't work. When you mm-hmm. try to live this way, you're going to end up... Um, losing your sanity. So in the opinion, uh, it's, it's worth looking at. There's a number of things that could be said, but we want to focus in on um, one paragraph here, or a line here from page nine of the opinion. This is Neil Gorsuch writing. He says, an individual's homosexuality or transgender status is not relevant to employment decisions. That's because it is impossible to discriminate against a person for being homosexual or transgender without discriminating against that individual based on sex. Now, you need to know, he's, this is going back to, is it 1964 legislation? I think it was. Um, about, you know, you don't discriminate on the basis of religion or Five race things. or sex. And so the question is... Um, these cases that are presented before the Supreme Court, um, do they fall in line with that 1964 legislation? So the people that have uh, allegedly discriminated against people based on their their homosexuality, man uh, attracted to a man, woman attracted to a woman, or their gender identity, this transgender idea, if if an employer is discriminating against such people, um, are those employers discriminating against such people based on sex. Is that the same thing that was going on back then in 1964? According to Gorsuch here, he says it's impossible to discriminate against a person being homosexual or transgender without discriminating against that individual based on sex. And then he sets up an example. He says, consider, for example, an employer with two employees, both of whom are attracted to men. The two individuals are, to the employer's mind, materially identical in all respects, except that one is a man and the other a woman. Boy, that's a big accept, isn't it? Yeah, it's <laughs> already. It's like, yeah. you, well, you're assuming this is irrelevant, uh, sex is irrelevant, and the, the danger is this kind of thinking leads to sex being irrelevant in all things. If it's, if it's irrelevant, entirely irrelevant, then what, 
how did you have 64 legislation that exactly. said it was relevant? It was right. relevant in 1964. You were supposed to take it into account. You just weren't supposed to look down your nose at a man because he's a man or look down your nose at a woman because she's a woman. Yeah. Well, now we've actually, by, by this logic, you've struck sex out of the 1964 legislation. You're saying yeah. it's irrelevant entirely. You, you can't even pay attention to and, it. And again, it's rejecting God's good created order. God created us male and female it was very good mm-hmm. when he did that. And so to, to suggest that being a man or being a woman has no bearing upon one's essential personhood is basically to say there is no God. We are God. We will determine right. what is essential to humanity and what is not. So what Gorsuch has done, though, I, I understand that he calls himself a Christian. Uh, I don't know what kind of church he goes to, if he goes to church. But he has rejected what God has said about his good creation of men and women. And, and Christians need to see this because everybody thinks, oh, well, the Supreme Court, you know, that's the great law of the land. So we got to bow to that. No, we don't. We bow to Jesus Christ as mm-hmm. Lord. And whenever the Supreme Court inverts what Jesus Christ says is true, then we must be willing to say to the Supreme Court, you are wrong. You are dead wrong. And you are living and trying to get this nation now to live in rebellion to God. And yeah. we cannot go there. And it's, it's, it's fascinating to see this autonomy. So the idea of autonomy, I, I'm, I, I can, it's, it's a manipulated freedom idea. And so mm-hmm. I'm free to do whatever it is I want to do. I'm free to be whatever it is I want to be. And we see it in so many different ways. But to see it in, you know, in academia, yeah, to see it at court the highest court in the land. I'm reading this. And even, even I mean, think about the, the twisted nature of what's going on here. Again, he says it's, it's impossible to discriminate against a person for being homosexual or transgender without discriminating against that individual based on sex. Well, what it meant in 1964, if you discriminated based on sex, it, again, it was me looking down my nose at you mm-hmm. because you're a man, me looking down my nose at a woman because she's a woman. Well, what what he has to mean here, and you can't, he's saying you can't discriminate against a person who's homosexual, a man who likes other men without knowledge of, without reference to his biology. Mm-hmm. So that's what the argument is. You You can't you couldn't discriminate against him being a homosexual because you wouldn't know if he's a homosexual if you didn't know his biology, if you didn't yeah. know he was a man. And you, if there's a transgender, say that's a biological man who's presenting himself as a woman, well, you can't discriminate against such a person without reference to. So he's actually, he's teasing the idea out here in this legal language, but it's this, what's saying is don't reference a person's sex. It's irrelevant. Yeah. Don't acknowledge it. But God created the world in such a way where, where it's always true. I'm always a man in everything that I'm doing. It's relevant to everything I'm doing. A woman, it's relevant to everything you're doing. Now, there, there can be distortions of that idea, yeah. but this is God's world. He created it this way, and this is an attempt to throw off. This is Psalm 2. We're going to burst his bonds apart and mm-hmm. cast away his cords from us. Yeah, and it's uh, Samuel Alito, or Judge Alito, he destroys that argument, mm-hmm. in my estimation. You, you've got to re- read the dissenting opinion that he wrote. I think it runs over 100 pages, and it is brilliant. He says that's not true. That argument on its face is not true because if you have a man that is attracted to a man and a man that is attracted to a woman and the employer wants to not hire or fire the man attracted to the man, it has no reference to his sex. Mm -hmm. It is the fact that 
a person, a being, is attracted to same sex. Yeah. He sets up he sets up four characters, and he right. sets up the woman who's attracted to a woman and the woman who's attracted to a man. And he says, well, okay, he fired the man who was attracted to a man. He fired the woman who was attracted to a woman. And mm-hmm. he says, you know, sex is not what's That's in right. common with the two people. That's exactly right. But that highlights, so, so he's, he's wrong on so many levels, right? Not to mention another level. He says, you're firing one for traits that you permit in the other. <laughs> well, you know, I, I said, a, a, a man being attracted to a man is not the same trait yeah. as a woman being attracted to a man. So there's, there's so many things that are wrong, but what really gets creepy is when you see what he did get right. It, it is true that you can't discriminate against somebody for being homosexual without knowledge of their biology, without reference to their biology. He's right about that. He's wrong about all kinds of stuff. But that means what he what he then mandates in this opinion is that you cannot that that sex is irrelevant. That's right. It's just so it's so crazy because he took it out. He 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 it's now it's struck out from the 1964 legislation theoretically because it's no longer relevant. You're no longer allowed to acknowledge it at all. And so that means, well, it's no longer relevant um, when if we're going to decide what what. um, what bathroom you're going to use? Well, yeah. it's not relevant. Sex is not relevant. So go wherever. Well, I, what what prison are you going to go to? Well, sex is not relevant. We no longer are allowed as a people to pay attention to in our transactions with one another. We're not allowed to pay attention to your biology, to what God has made you. Yeah. So when LeBron James retires from the NBA, he can go play for the WNBA and have several more years as a professional player. And, and we cannot argue against it based on this. This is an attack upon image bearers of God. And therefore it is an attack upon God himself and the way that God created the world. So basically this argument, if I understand Gorsuch right, means that we must now look at each other, not as man or woman, male or female. We must look at each other as skin and bones with gray matter. And so now I've got to decide skin and bones and gray matter if I'm going to hire you to do a a job. So if I need somebody to move a boulder, I can't look and see if you're a muscular man. I can't make a decision about really if you're seven years old or 50 years old. I mean, you're, you're just skin and bones and gray matter. Yeah, you can no longer live in reference to the truth. Yeah. So this is what I want to underscore where I think we have reached new levels. You know, I don't want to be bombastic here. With, with Go ahead, this, be bombastic. <laughs> it's, it's scary because you, you've reached new levels when you're telling people you cannot live in reference. You cannot operate in reference to what is. Yeah. This is true. So there's not, you know, I'm not, I'm not contained or constrained by my biology. So I'm not, you know, I, I don't have to be a man. I can mm. be a woman. I can be, there's not, there's, there's, there's a very small step between that and I can be a unicorn. Yeah. And, and right? what we're having now Gorsuch tell us is that we've all got to look at one another and say, Oh, Oh, emperor, your clothes are beautiful. Your clothes are beautiful. And hopefully we'll see a little boy run around sometime and say, he doesn't have any clothes on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, if, 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 if the truth about my biology is not relevant to our interactions with one another, what other truths are not relevant? Everything's fair game. So, so think about this. We were, we are, we are, we are creatures. We didn't choose, you know, there wasn't a box we checked before we came out of the womb. I'll be a man or I'll be a woman or I'll be born. (laughs) I'll be born. There's, but 
if you if you start to say these things that God has established, that just the way the world is, you know, I go back to Jordan Peterson. Jordan Peterson had this fascinating, you know, deal where he had Moses. He, you know, he had a, a, a he's not professed Christ as far as I know. So hear that caution. I'm not saying go buy what Jordan Peterson's selling. He says so many things that are good and right, and then all of that. He's unwilling to acknowledge the transcendence of God and the God of the Bible. But he gets this part. He he's He's got this thing of Moses with the tablets over his head, his black and white, you know, lightning clouds, and Moses has got the the commandments. And he was just saying, um, you know, he's like, you don't, you, you gotta understand, you don't, you don't. There's a there's a moral law. You don't twist. He says, you don't twist the fabric of reality and have it not snap back at you. You know, he's like, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Twist the fabric of reality? No, I don't think so. Like he he understood this. <laughs> yeah. And and. Gorsuch does not. Exactly. He, he does not. And the people, so there's a fine line between that and, you know, gravity's not. You mm-hmm. know, biology's not uh, relevant to our interactions, and gravity's not relevant to these interactions. And so, you know, I, I'll just walk off this cliff, or better yet, I'll push you off this cliff. You're entering to a place where if you deny the God who is, and you deny the way that he has created the world, this is going to result in in this riding in the streets and setting things on fire. I mean, why not? Why yeah. don't I just, I can be whatever I want to be. And you're just someone that's standing in my way. God is standing in my way. And then the authorities that he's established are setting it, are, are standing in my way. So we're going to get rid of the police in Minneapolis. We're going to get rid of the police in Chaz out here somewhere in Seattle where people are now, you know, doing whatever they want to do. And this is, these ideas are connected. Yeah. And what grieves me is to see, Christians, especially Christian leaders who should know better, standing by, letting this happen without the intestinal fortitude and conviction to say, hey, the emperor really doesn't have any clothes on. This is lunacy. This is not true. This will destroy you. You can try to live this way, but you are going against the God who created you and the reality that he created. And and so all of these uh, virtue signaling, oh, we want to understand. We're simp- we're going to show sympathy by being quiet. We're not going to speak against this. We don't want to hurt your feelings. And if you tell us we've hurt your feelings, then we're going to back off and ask you, what is it we have to do now to heal those wounds that we've inflicted upon you by when we, we ventured forth just a little bit to tell the truth? No. Man, if you love somebody, speak the truth to them. I'm not talking about being bombastic. I'm not talking about being... Uh, offensive unnecessarily, but don't look at somebody who says, who was born a man and says, you must call me a woman because that's what I am and say, okay, you're a woman. Don't, you're not, you're not helping that person. That person is enslaved to sin and rebellion to God. And if you go along with that, what you are doing is just leading them further down the road to eternal destruction. If we love people, If we care about their never dying souls, then we have to do what we can to try to wake them up. We have to bring to bear the best avenues we have available to us, however we can, the truth of God, because Jesus said it, you will know the truth, the truth will set you free. And when you try to live contrary to the nature, the sex that God created you to be, you're living a lie. You might think, I'm just pursuing my authentic self. No, you're not. 
you're pursuing a life of rebellion against your creator. And the way, the reason you have those sinful, rebellious desires is because of sin. Sin came in and messed up God's good creation, but that's precisely why Jesus came to the world. Jesus took our sin. Jesus died for us. Jesus was raised for us. And in Jesus, there's new life. So you can be recreated to become what God intends for you to be as his image bearer. That's the message. And we lose that message whenever we suddenly get mute because we think, God whispers about sexual sin. Yeah. Um, I know there's a lot of people out there that think, what's the big deal? You know, why, why do Christians, why do many Christians stand so strongly against homosexuality? And isn't there a various sexual sin? And there is, there's, there's fornication, there's adultery and there's homosexuality. The Bible talks about bestiality and all these things, but there is a, there's an addressing of homosexuality because of the way God talks about it in Romans one, right. that he gave them over to debased minds to do what ought not to be done. And there is this connection between uh, homosexuality and uh, anarchy. It's mm-hmm. just, this is not, this is not just adultery. This is something different. This is something that's contrary to nature. Right. And so we're addressing that. We, we want to see people coming out of that um, homosexual lifestyle yeah. to, to say, yeah, we're standing here and, you know, we're the chief of sinners and we can go all day about all the wicked things that we have done. You're not saved by works and you're not saved by leaving off um, sin in your own power. It's by grace uh, in Christ, trusting him and finding the way to truly live. But we have to highlight this because it is the spirit of our age. We're, we're, you know, we're not living in the 1950s anymore. Right. There was the 1960 sexual revolution, and this now to see this in in so it's it's here in uh, the judicial branch of our government. Uh, we have legislators that are very active in promoting this kind of twisted uh, nature, and it's in the executive branch. You just had Donald Trump and Joe Biden both have mm-hmm. um, rainbow pride uh, paraphernalia. Yeah. There's MAGA hats that are rainbow now. And so to have this in both parties of our land, Christians are going to have to step back and say, okay, this way of thinking is has infected all of leadership now. And how am I going to operate as a Christian? What, what am I to do? Well, you know, I, I think people can feel hopeless, especially as they look at the riots and they look at this rebellion that's going on. It kind of makes you say, you know, what in the world am I supposed to do? And it can tempt us to leave off all restraint as well. So if everybody else is going to not live according to the rules, right, according to the God who has created the world, let me just set the rules over here for a minute and I'll go and do whatever I need to do to get it done. So we can't do that. Um, but there is a lot that we need to be doing. So yeah. what, what would you say to Christians? Well, well we need to come back to the word of God. I, I know I sound like a broken record on this, but this is so absolutely fundamental. And I think we assume it and having assumed it, we've lost it. I mean, the, the scripture, as you mentioned in Romans one talks about that, which is unnatural regarding homosexuality. Other sins are wicked and will send you to hell as well. But th- this is a reversal of the created order. First Corinthians five, where Paul rebukes the church at Corinth because a man is sleeping with his father's wife. He, he says, this is something that even the Gentiles mm-hmm. don't do. It is so shameful. So there are, though every sin will send you to hell, every sin is not morally equivalent. There are some that are worse than others, some that are further down the road of God giving people up. And we need to acknowledge that. And as Christians, we need to recognize that if we really love people, if we really love people who are on this this steep downgrade to hell, 
we won't just stand by and say, well, they're just trying to be true to themselves or, you know, I don't want to do anything that will be offensive. No. I mean, how much do you have to hate somebody to see them from the Bible's perspective going at breakneck speed to hell and not say anything? And, and, and yet we get it all the time. Jen Hatmaker, you know, came out as saying homosexuality is okay. And then just recently said, oh, well, you know, by the way, my daughter's come out and, oh, this is so great. I want to celebrate her. Let's have her in the church. Mm-hmm. We ought to be places for that. How much does she have to hate her daughter to do that? And I, I know people are going to get upset about that, but it's either we're going to take God at his word or we're not. And again, I'm not talking about giving a license to be bombastic. I am talking about doing what the scripture says, speaking the truth in love, our speech full of grace seasoned with salt. And you cannot do that if you turn a blind eye to the most graphic displays of rebellion in the world today and think the most loving thing to do is just to affirm them, you know, just try to understand them and just let them go day after day, heartbeat after heartbeat, closer to an eternal hell under the wrath of the God who created them. We have the gospel. The gospel saves sinners. If we love people, we need to be trying to help them understand it. And sometimes, sometimes you can do that in a quiet conversation, but sometimes whenever the whole culture is going over the cliff and you have evangelicals and evangelical churches and leaders standing by quietly, somebody needs to stand up and shout, Mm. this is lunacy. Yeah. The, um, even thinking about the hat maker reference, this uh, I'm, uh, it's it's tough to look back and see how some of these ideas were present even at the founding of our nation. And so you right. you have life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and the pursuit of happiness on, on without any constraints, without any without any direction from God or regulation by God. So why can't I mean, uh, should I not be happy for my daughter? Well, she's pursuing happiness, and this is what makes her happy. It's just this, uh, and so it's so pervasive in the way that we're thinking. I want to encourage Christians to, you know, I want to encourage them to be happy slaves. Mm. Now, that there's no such thing, according to the ideology that's around us in America. There is no such thing as happy slaves. And yet, what does Paul do again and again? Calls himself a doulos. I'm a bond servant. Slave. He's, I'm, I'm, I was a slave to sin. Now I'm a slave to righteousness. Now, <laughs> and what does Bob Dylan say? You're going to serve somebody. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even Bob Dylan gets it. Yes. And, and so there's a way to say some, some of the big ideas that have driven us and that have just been communicated through every means to us over our whole lives are really messed up. And we need to say... Godliness with contentment is great gain. Mm-hmm. And I'm very happy to be a man. You know, we were talking earlier. I said, if God made me a woman, I'd want to be a woman. Like, uh, you know, it's a weird thing to think about. I just want to be whatever God tells me to be. I want to do whatever God tells me to do. It's just a, it's a wonderful, as much as I'm saying, yes, happy slaves, that's the free man. So, so the man that is the happy slave is the one Jesus says, if, you know, the sun sets you free, you'll be free indeed. We know what it really means to be free. And, you know, the Jews at that time were trying to say, no, we're, we're free men. We've never been slaves. No, you are enslaved. So this mm. whole way of thinking you're free but really being in chains and then being in the chains of Christ but really being free, this is the way for Christians to live. So whatever it is, like whatever, even, even the work that's before you, like your station in life, uh, David says in the Psalms, the lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. I yeah. mean, God is my portion, says my soul. And just have that steady 
life that says, all right, all that stuff's happening over there. I'm very happy to do whatever God has given me to do today. If I'm, if I'm working this kind of industry, then I'll do it. If I'm a homemaker, I'll do it. If I'm a grandmother, I'll do it. If I'm a grandchild, I'll do it. If I'm a daughter, if I'm a son, if I'm a brother, what are, what, what is it that I am to do that God would have me do and to be very happy about uh, being what God has made me to be and doing what God has given me to do. That's a wonderful, wonderful testimony and an antidote to all of this mess that's going on. And, and you know, um, personally, existentially, what's at the root of this, man? It, it is faith and unbelief. It's either we trust the God who is or we don't. And if we trust him, then we will learn more and more without caving in to every sin- sinful inclination or giving up or thinking, oh, this is just all I'm ever going to be. We will find in him our great reward. We'll find in him our greatest joy. And we will learn increasingly to, as Paul says, be content in whatever condition I find myself. Why? Because if I'm a poor man, I have Christ. If I'm wealthy, I have Christ. If I'm healthy, I have Christ. If I'm sick, I have Christ. If I have Christ, I have everything. But you can't just gin that up. I mean, that comes from knowing God. It comes from trusting God. And If you have God, if you know God, if you are growing in your contentment in God, then you're not going to be uh, moved off into these deadly, deadly bypaths that the current culture is trying to get us to walk in that says, well, I can't be free. I can't be happy. I can't uh, be all that I'm supposed to be without X, Y, Z. No, you have God. So, man, I'd rather be a a doorkeeper in the house of God than to dwell in the uh, the tents of the unrighteous because I have God. Yes. You know, I'm burdened for parents with kids that are growing up. You got to remember, kids are like, you know, boy, what what they experience around them has a huge impact upon their lives. And so if our society is going this way, we have to see there's a massive job to do. And we've talked about this before, but everybody knows we say they're being discipled. They are being discipled. They're being discipled through the through the film industry. You know, I've always got to pick on Disney ideas, but my goodness, I mean, it's like Gorsuch is saying here in this legislation what was what was said. You know, Aladdin told Jasmine no that he'd show her a whole new world. You know, a new fantastic no one. No, no one to tell us no. No one to tell me where to go. And and. So just know we've got to we've got to fight that and not in not in just the way that's like, you know, get out of here. You don't try to teach my kid anything. And then your kid's looking at you like, what's wrong? Like you're just pulling down the shades and yelling at them. Well, that's true. But now I'm going to show you how crazy headed all that stuff is and how good the ways of Christ are. This is this is life. And to have Christ is to have life. Everything you just said, we've got to take these truths. And godliness with contentment is great gain. There's going to be some key texts that are dealing with um, liberty, slavery, autonomy, submission to God, uh, faith in him, trusting him, and and then letting them know. I know what it's like to have doubts. I know what it's like to have my faith not as strong as it ought to be and start to think, yeah, why is it that I don't have all that that other person does? Man, I think I've worked harder than that person, you know. Well, maybe you have, maybe you haven't, but watch out for covetousness. Watch out for greed and envy. And, and uh, deal with the God who is and know that in him is true life, something better than any uh, uh, that this world is offering, which right now is kind of easy to do because you just, I mean, you just show them some films of people riding in the streets and you say, I mean, you really think that's a great way to live? Oh, no, it's not a great way to live. You know, going hand in hand, what you said is, is Psalm 2, whenever the rulers of this age and the kings of earth throw off the bonds, say we will burst their bonds, we'll live however we want to. Think about the response that is revealed there from the God in heaven. He who sits in the heaven laughs. Mm -hmm. He will hold them in derision. Well, we're not God. 
we're God's people. And so it behooves us to stop and think, what is it that is funny to God? What is it that makes God in heaven laugh when he sees all this going on on earth? Well, he's the God of truth. He's the one who determines truth. He's the one, he's the God of reality. He's determined reality. He's the one who makes up, up, and down, down, men, men, and women, women. And so whenever his creatures are rebelling against him and inverting, trying to invert his good world, it's like a a dad who has a toddler who's throwing a tantrum and the dad picks him up and the toddler's trying to beat up his dad, you know? I mean, if you're a dad, you know, you just laugh at that. Because here's this little guy, he couldn't even be near your face if you weren't holding him up. And these creatures whom God made, in whose lungs are the breath that God has given them, whose heart beat at his command, they're trying to rebel against him. And God knows. And so as as Christians, we need to get in line with that. Mm -hmm. Just what you said. Teach our kids this way. Think this way. As we stand against the onslaught of this godless worldview, these ideologies that are coming upon us in an onslaught, we should do so with joy, remembering God is sovereign. He's on his throne. He's not worried about this. His kingdom is not in any danger of tottering. And so we should be happy warriors. We should be happy slaves. We should be the people who continue to speak the truth. And whenever the slings and the arrows come against us, we just remember our God is in heaven and he laughs. And so as his people, we can find joy knowing that he is our God. Amen, man. Um, yes, there's, uh, in talking to a number of Christians, there's a great temptation right now to be frantic, to fear what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, when people start lighting things on fire in city streets, that's kind of a normal process to go through. Uh, but remembering exactly what you said, uh, you know, rebellion against God is never a good long-term strategy. <laughs> And, uh, and a part of this is going, you know, I, I'm not saying that they're not going to get us. I mean, I'm not sure. saying they're not, I'm not going to say they're not going to get our, our civilization as we know it, you know, our home, whatever. I mean, you know, we'll do our best to defend it if the hordes come, but, okay. but, but it's, it's this tapping into by faith, you acknowledge this greater point that I'm a, I really am a citizen of the kingdom of God. I'm a citizen of the kingdom of heaven and his kingdom is going to advance throughout the world and you know whatever happens to our nation, whatever happens in our moment, but I'm just going to be faithful, you know, and it's it's a glorious comforting uh, just reorients everything when you see it because what's being attempted right now is a strong arm. I mean, yeah. my goodness, what is burning down somebody's building other than, you know, I'll put a gun to your head and tell you to deny Christ. I mean, yeah. I'll put a gun to your head and say, and adopt the creed, you know, yeah. say that black lives matter, um, say that, you know, LGBTQ lives matter. And again, Side note, if that's asked, we just addressed this in our church last night. Say something like this. Oh, they do far more than matter. Yeah, I've heard some Christians say, well, what else are we supposed to say? So we have to trumpet whatever some leftist, uh, gay-affirming people. Just gonna, the, 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 the Black Lives Matter um, organization is going to lead people to hell. Absolutely. And so if you ask me, I'm going to say they do far more than matter. I'm going to say all kinds of stuff that you're not ready to hear. I'm going to say that they're created in the image of God, the, the holy God who created heaven and earth. They're created in his image and are mm-hmm. worthy of far more dignity than you can ever imagine with your little word matters. And they, some of them are my brothers and sisters in Christ purchased by the blood of the lamb. It's far more, they're far more precious to God and to me than you could ever imagine with your little word matters. That's right. 
right. why don't we stop trumpeting and, and then pretending like, okay, let's be discipled by the world and follow the world. <laughs> and then I can't think of anything else that I should say. Some of them have the Holy Spirit of God indwelling them, convicting them of sin and comforting them and stopping them from adopting all the nonsense that you're propagating to yeah. them with your fall, far little tiny word. Sorry, I don't know how this is connected to anything that we're talking about. <laughs> but while we're on it, uh, you might as well take that one. Yeah, well, yeah. Some of them are reigning with Christ right now and will reign forever over this whole creation. And some of them are in hell and will go to hell unless they turn from sin and trust the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, we've said this during this conversation, but I want to go back and underscore it. Nothing that we're talking about right now uh, alleviates us from the responsibilities that we have to bear witness to the truth in our age. And every age has its own particular challenges that come with it. And we're living through some really uh, intense challenges, at least from my vantage point, things that, you know, five years ago, 10 years ago, I wasn't thinking about, wasn't prepared for, but we have got to stand for the truth. And so, yes, it's, it, it, we're not talking about a pietistic, you know, God's got this under control. We're going to die and go to heaven, but rather seeking. And we ought to pray that God would give us what he gave the apostle Paul. I, I pray this all the time when I see things in scripture, God, show me what you showed David here. Show me what you showed Paul. And first Corinthians and Philippians one is one of those places, you know, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Paul says that when he's in prison, he doesn't know if he's going to live or die. I mean, his head might be taken from his shoulders. It was later. It wasn't in that imprisonment. But if we can get to that point where we don't fear people, we don't fear what people can do to us because we fear God and we know God, well, then we're free. We're really free because we are really slaves of God through faith in Jesus Christ. And we can look at the people coming and telling us, up is down, down is up, and if you don't say so, we're gonna cancel you. If you don't say so, we're gonna imprison you. If you don't say so, we're gonna kill you. Well, I know Christ. All you can do is kill me. And I'm not about to trade what I have eternally in Jesus Christ for a, a few little pennies that you dabble in front of me by bowing to your gods. I refuse to do it. So at, brothers and sisters, as Christians, let's be joyful. Let's stand against the tide of evil in our day. Let's stand against that evil that is trying to destroy the foundations of Western civilization because that is exactly what's happening. But let's do so as Christians, as people who know Jesus Christ. Amen, brother. Thank you so much for listening to The Sword and the Trial today. Uh, a few of our favorite sign-off lines are, fear God. And you're not in hell yet. But if you don't know Christ and you die that way, you will be. Trust in the Lord. You'll be saved. <laughs>